Welcome to Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever's On the Wing Podcast. Buckle up and ride shotgun as we cover everything you need to know about the uplands. The habitat. The hunting. And of course, your favorite bird dogs. Earlier this year, Howard Vincent, Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever's president and chief executive officer since the year 2000, and with the organization uh, all the way back into the early 80s, announced his plans to retire following National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic 2023 this coming February. Our members and stakeholders and partners should should take solace in knowing that this announcement from Howard is not something that comes as a surprise to anyone. Uh, we inside the organization have been working on succession plans for the better part of the last decade at Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever. And Howard has been working directly with his bosses, our national board of directors, on this plan for the last couple of years. On today's episode of On the Wing Podcast, I'm joined by a returning guest, our chairman of the board, Matt Kaharski, for a conversation about the plan for hire- hiring PF&QF's next president and chief executive officer. We'll talk about the attributes the board is looking for in a candidate, as well as the process and timeline for interviews. So without further ado, Matt, welcome back to the podcast. A, a light conversation. This the last time we were on. We can we talk about can we talk about can we talk more about llamas? <laughs> That's right. That was the last podcast, wasn't it? We were in Merge Country. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so from CEO llamas to CEOs, why not? <laughs> you know, it's an eclectic well, show. We'll break the what what hunting trip are you most excited for on your calendar? Because I know your calendar is entirely planned out. Well, well, it's. Always, the first one is always a good one because yeah. it starts the season. And um, the first one is North Dakota. North Dakota uh, sharpies. Sharpie yep, I always enjoy that. I also enjoy our South Dakota sharpie hunt. Um, uh, I'm. We got that quail hunt lined up in Arizona. Merns country and, return. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm looking forward to that as well. But you know, hey, look, I'm looking forward to putting my feet on the ground outside. Is what yeah. I'm looking forward to. So. For folks that didn't listen to the Llama Hunt podcast, the two of them, or episode 80, which I'll, I'll, I'll point uh, folks to go back and listen to. It was a very fun conversation of how you got, like, in-depth got involved in the organization and kind of our friendship through the eyes of our, <laughs> our bird dogs over mm-hmm. the years. For folks that haven't listened to those, give us a, a short biography of... Matt Kaharski pronounced Kaharski as opposed to Kucharski right, <laughs> as right. it looks on on paper. My mom, my mom will be happy to pronounce it right. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I I spent my my I grew up in the outdoors in Wisconsin, but was not uh, you know honestly not an outdoor not an upland person. I hunted ducks and I hunted deer, um, and really wasn't all that exposed to to upland hunting, particularly the pheasant hunting, other than the occasional trip over one while you're duck hunting. Mm. And uh, I got involved with pheasants forever actually through. Um, uh, you know, kind of a, a happy accident with Joe Dugan. He introduced me to you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I started, I'm a communications professional, communications consultant by, by, by uh, a profession and uh, lent my talents to the organization as a communications consultant. That led to board position. Um, I uh, worked on several committees in the board and then eventually became chair. And through that time of Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, which I joined right before we, before the organization was founded, you know, almost 20 years ago, um, that, that has uh, been my uh, gateway to Upland in the outdoors. Mm-hmm. And now that is my primary jam. Um, yeah. I duck hunt a little bit. I deer hunt a little bit, but any opportunity I get to walk prairie grass, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And as you mentioned, you joined 2004 ish and that was right before we started talking quail. Yeah. yeah. And you were involved from the very beginning, which allowed us, you know, you, research on names the the marketplace partners and so you have intimate knowledge of our, our history on the quail front too well yeah you know and i think back to the organization overall when i started working and and uh, you know with with you all um and, and i look at the organization today and the transformation mm-hmm. of the organization is just absolutely remarkable number of people number of chapters the way habitat is put on the ground, mm-hmm. the relationships in the outdoors with different organizations who at, at, in, in the past used to be cross purposes, mm-hmm. uh, pheasant country, quail country, uh, uh, women and, and minorities in the outdoors, mm-hmm. um, just really, really a fascinating transformation. It's, it's really great to see. And hey, we're going to be in the middle of another one here yeah. with, with Howard, right? Yeah, right on. Uh, so that's where we're going to deep dive. Before we do... Um, uh, shout out to our friends at Onyx, the national sponsor of the organization, a tool that you and I carry. <laughs> Love me some Onyx. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, you've, Onyx, Ben, I know you're listening. You've saved Matt's bacon in the grouse woods multiple oh, occasions. Yeah. Um, not so much on, uh, um, I don't remember you getting lost pheasant hunting, but uh, grouse uh, hunting uh, even I've lost. got. I've gotten lost pheasant hunting. I got lost. I got lost in the fog pheasant hunting once, and, with, and with, without Onyx, I would have been on the other side of the swamp. You know, seriously. Um, not only is Onyx a fantastic tool, this organization has just uh, it just really understands what it is to be a contributor to the outdoors. So thank you, Onyx, for everything you do. Um, if you want to find more birds this hunting season, look no further than the Onyx Hunt app. Private and public land boundaries just begin to scratch the surface as Onyx has countless tools to make you a safer and more successful hunter. Onyx is trusted by millions of hunters across the U.S., including Matt Kaharski and me. And you can join us by downloading the app for a risk-free seven-day trial. Use the code pheasants or quail. During the checkout, you also get 20% off your membership at Onyx, and you'll be glad to learn that a portion of all Onyx map sales using these codes go back to Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever's wildlife habitat mission, leading to better habitat, more birds, and more public access. So thanks, Onyx, for uh, being a sponsor of our organization's habitat mission and for helping helping us bring you on the wing podcast all right matt let's start um with the role of the board of directors because um not everybody's been involved 
in management uh, of a nonprofit or volunteered at a nonprofit. Even folks that volunteer might not completely understand how a board of directors at a national level works. So um, give us sort of the 50,000 foot view of how um, it functions at Pheasants Forever and Quail, Forever's board level. Yeah, yeah, sure. So any any corporation or well-run not-for-profit organization uh, typically has both a management team and a board of directors. And the management team is employees. Yeah, management team. Yeah, management team are employees. Or like you, you're mm-hmm. on the management team. Howard is, Ron is, David, um, uh, James, and uh, and others. Um, the management is responsible for the day to day operations of the organization, building the plan, executing on the plan, making sure everything's running the way it's supposed to run. Mm-hmm. The board's responsibility is to provide longer-term overall guidance, and, and, and really it falls into two categories. One is helping the organization anticipate risk and look ahead and see what, what could go potentially go bump in the night. Mm-hmm. And the second is helping the organization capitalize or seize on and capitalize opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so on the risk side, um, you know what, uh, the, the, uh, the Pheasants Forever has done a marvelous job of looking at ways in which to get habitat on the ground beyond just the farm bill or beyond just CRP, mm-hmm. where CRP at one point was kind of the alpha and the omega. That came as a result of conversations between management and the board about what could we do in an environment where maybe CRP is not what we want it to be. Sure. And that, that's a great example of managing risk. The other is opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, where can we potentially expand our mission? Where Quail can, Forever. Quail Forever is a perfect example of sage that. Yeah, sage grouse. Yeah, yeah, and 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 how can we look at other ways for us to extend the organization? Diversity in in in, mm-hmm. in the outdoors and inclusion and new new audiences. Um, uh, and, and so so there's. That those are those are that's what the board's responsibility is to do. It's not to get its fingers dirty into the day-to-day management of the operations. Right. To let management manage, to provide that overall strategic guidance and direction, and that can be um, you know uh, helping make sure that the finances are in the right right order. But it's not to manage the finances. It's just to oversee the finances, right. um, shaping the vision of the organization, and making sure that the next generation leadership is in place. Mm-hmm. And that, that gets us to discussion about, you know, Howard. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and it's it's a heavy responsibility, right? Because and here we are, $100 million organization with 140,000 people sending in dues, 400,000 partners, stakeholders. I mean, there's... Yeah, you don't... This isn't come to a meeting every other month, sit at a table and read the minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, There are boards that are like that. This board, which has, I think, 15 on it. Now we have room for one or or two more. This board is engaged Mm -hmm. and understands the organization and needs to because it's not a hundred person figurehead board. It's a board that needs to bring its talents um, and we want those talents to be brought, brought forth. And it's a board that, that, Everybody on that board, and there's a great, great group of people on the board, brings a diverse set of talents to the table, and and uh, that's yeah, it is a big job. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's thanks for reminding me. <laughs> I, I feel that so I serve on a board um, the yeah, last few years, absolutely. and um, I I think I underappreciated the role of the board until I walked in the shoes um, as a volunteer through another um, organization. Some you know. 
you're committed to it. You care about the mission. You're not getting paid. You're a volunteer. Um, and, and when you, you know, raise your hand and say, yeah, I'll, I'll do this. It's, it's not, it's not a resume builder. I'll, I'll yeah. you know, there's, there's, um, it's because you're committed, passionate, uh, but it is a responsibility. Yeah. You need, you, you, you have a fiduciary responsibility to understand the ins and outs of the organization. And at the same time, you have to like, be okay with not getting your hands dirty mm-hmm. and, 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 and trust management to, you know, trust and verify mm-hmm. that management is doing the things that it needs to do. And, you know, the, the good news is from, from the, the, the standpoint of pheasants forever, that's absolutely the case. We have tremendous management team and I'm not just blowing smoke because I'm talking to one of them. There's been a lot of work done to develop the leadership team, um, within pheasants forever. And that's, that makes the board's job easier, right. but the board still asks the hard questions and, and that's what the, that's what the responsibility is. Well, and that, that transition us transitions us to, um, component, like it, it, it was by design to build up the management team. Absolutely. That was, that was part of Howard's plan, working with the, the board of directors on succession. Yeah, we started, we started talking about this back when I was vice chair and, and, and uh, uh, Tim was chair. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim and, Kessler. Yeah, Tim Kessler, South right. Dakota. Right. And, and, and uh, uh, there's a position, by the way, on the board called the governance chair. Mm-hmm. And the governance chair helps... Um, identify uh, that governance committee helps identify board members and also helps manage the the performance review of Howard and right. we started having these discussions pre COVID a few you know a few years ago about what what Howard's long term plan was and part of that involved building a great leadership team too and right. and transitioning the leadership team and that's exactly what happened. So I want to talk process and, and things like that, but I I, I celebrate Howard for a moment and. You know, listeners, there there will be a Howard Vincent celebratory <laughs> podcast. An important piece of this transition is uh, important to the organization, important to the board, and important to Howard is for Howard to run through a sprint through Pheasant Fest 2023. Yeah, this is going to carry a, that banner. This isn't a retirement there. lap right. for Howard. Howard and Howard is is committed as anybody to finishing strong. Um, because the organization needs them, the Habitat mission needs them, um, and, and our call the Uplands campaign. Like we're we're racing towards February twenty twenty three, and no doubt about it, Howard's the leader. However, when you do think back, organization's been around forty years. There's been two president and CEOs in the history of a forty year organization, which which is remarkable especially in this day and age. Um, Howard's been the president and CEO since the year 2000. As you think about Howard's tenure as chair or as, as president and CEO, what, what jumps out to you is some of the critical components of not only what's made him a success, but what are those successful components that are successful achievements the organization has um, uh, accomplished under his leadership. Well, you know, as I mentioned earlier in our in our talk here, you know, I've witnessed firsthand the transformation of this organization. Mm-hmm. That was always under Howard's watch. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he, he anything that this organization has achieved over the past twenty years, Howard should be doing thumbs up and checking the box that he was part of that, and and he ushered that in. But he didn't do it all himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he 
he has a tremendous ability to um, enable people to be successful. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, remember folks, this is an accountant. Mm -hmm. Okay. He came in, came into this organization as an accountant and he's not just a leader of pheasants forever. He is a leader in conservation. Yeah. I've been in venues with other conservation organizations and people gravitate toward Howard. Mm -hmm because he makes everybody feel good about the work we're doing. Mm -hmm. And that's tremendous. It's, it's a tremendous skill set. Um, and he is, uh, he is, he, we, we need to thank him, not just for what he's done to pheasants for pheasants forever, but what he's done for conservation. Yeah. And, and, uh, that needs to be celebrated. So while he is certainly, we had a lot of work to do, so he's not coasting into pheasant fest. Right. Um, he deserves a victory lap at Pheasants Fest without question because because it's <laughs> it's going to happen it, after Pheasants. Yeah, Fest. it'll happen. It'll happen. <laughs> what, so you know me well enough to know I uh, I'll have to throw out a baseball analogy for you here. <sighs> it's going to be Tigers. It's going to be Tigers. Yeah. <laughs> well, it could be Tigers. It should be the Waterloo Bucks. How about the banana slugs? Let's use banana slugs, okay? <laughs> um, so and I, I talked to Howard about this during our podcast about a year and a half ago and I, I really believe that this is true of Howard's leadership style when you think about a baseball team like the Yankees in the 90s like the field general was the shortstop Derek, Derek Jeter right the mm -hmm. captain mm -hmm. and that's that's a position a lot of teams lead with a vocal person at shortstop or maybe it's the pitcher controlling you know Clayton Kershaw type or Max Scherzer Justin Verlander on the mound that control the game with in, in their attention but the quiet leader of most games, most teams, and this is where I think Howard is, is the field general of the catcher. The catcher calls every single pitch, um, organizes and by calling each pitch, curveball, fastball, every player on that field can take cues off the catcher. And while Howard may not be the most vocal person, um, he is quietly lets everybody do their job to the best of their ability without having to be front and center. Um, and he, and he kind of orchestrates the, the game from, from the, that position. Yeah, I think that that's a, a reasonable analogy, Bob. But, you know, um, my day job, mm -hmm. I work with a lot of CEOs. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's kind of my thing is yeah. I help CEOs communicate more effectively. So I get to see lots of different CEO styles. And I think that the CEO as the catcher is a is a good model. Um, and, and yeah, I would tend to agree that that would be Howard's approach. There are other CEO approaches that are just as effective. Mm -hmm. uh, take the coach on a basketball team. Um, where maybe they're not on the on the court, mm -hmm. but they're making sure that the plays are being run, and they have a trusted point guard who might be your chief of staff or your chief operating officer, mm -hmm. and you've got someone who knows that they are the rebounder, and you got someone who knows that they're always needing to be in a position to, to score. You know, it, it, and I know you're not a basketball guy, but, <laughs> but 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 it's important to understand that not every CEO needs to be cut from the catcher cloth, right? Um, and, and you know, it, have to know what players you have on the field and yeah, and everybody, and those players need to know that we're playing basketball or we're playing baseball mm -hmm. or that we're playing a half court game or a full court game and the effective catcher or the effective coach mm -hmm. make sure everybody on the field or everybody on that court knows what the game is mm -hmm. and that if, and that we're playing the game. And I, by the way, I also like the fact that using a sports analogy as trite as it is, because organizations are teams they're not families mm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes the very best, sometimes you have a player, a longtime player that's been around for a while. Um, but you have three, maybe you have three first basemen mm-hmm. and, or maybe you have four power forwards and you might need to swap one of those power forwards out for a guard mm-hmm. and, or you may have a salary cap that you need to reach, or maybe we're changing the way we're playing the game and we need players with different skill sets. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with a family. Mm-hmm. You do that with a team and a, you know, a, and, and that's and, an interesting perspective. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, have to have a little bit of distance. There. You do. You do. You have to have a little bit of distance because it's all about success of the whole team. Mm-hmm. It's not about an individual. Yeah. And, and, and getting, you know, Hey, look, look, we're getting way off of, I would strongly, any, any of you who really want to understand a little bit more about this, watch that movie miracle. Hmm. Okay, and you can see about the nineteen about the nineteen eighty eighty US Olympic hockey team and Herb Brooks and look at Craig Dahl and look at those players who needed to stop thinking about I play for UND, a U of M, Boston, and had to start thinking about I play for the United States of America. Mm. And they had to understand what Brooks's approach to playing the game was mm-hmm. and all be on the same page. Brooks didn't put his feet on the ice, mm-hmm. but he made absolutely sure that that team was high functioning. That's another great CEO approach. Mm-hmm. So, so all this, this is to say, uh, I think a very important point is we are not hiring the next Howard Vincent. We are hiring the next CEO of Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever. And that person may have some attributes and traits that Howard has. Boy, I, ho- I sure hope he, mm-hmm. or she, he or she does. But that person may also play the game a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. So, so that was going to be one of my questions because that's been a um, constant refrain from you over the last, say, six months. We're not hiring the next Howard Vincent. We're hiring the next president and CEO. And, and you know, you know me well enough to uh, sports analogies were going to come up here, but I think that that um, it gave a real good impression of what you're looking for. Are there particular traits that you feel the board would say, "Boy, we'd like to find one, two, three of these sort of things in a in a candidate, successful candidate." Well, I think that first of all, recognizing that. Um, there are no unicorns out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, uh, there's, there's a, there are soft skills and there are hard skills. Mm-hmm. Certainly we want to have someone who has experience running a large and complex organization, mm-hmm. um, who understands that they're uh, particular, when I say large and complex, large can be, uh, from a revenue standpoint, from an employee standpoint, but also from the standpoint of understanding interconnections between a lot of different stakeholder groups. We've got members, we've got employees, mm-hmm. we've got, we've got the hunting community that's not members yet. We've got government officials, we've got agriculture partners, we've got corporate, we, 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 there's a big ecosystem out here mm-hmm. and understanding how to manage and, and build a successful organization within those complex ecosystems is certainly part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to be someone who obviously has a strong affinity for the outdoors. Um, does that mean that they have to have lived and breathed it their entire life as a, uh, no, but there has to be a recognition of, of what we're trying to accomplish. Some here. authenticity. Authent- yeah. You got to be credible here. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there should be someone who understands, um, not for profits 
and how not-for-profits work and, and that the mission of a not-for-profit is slightly different than a mission of a corporation. Someone who has, uh, who has experience building high-functioning teams because, um, you know, bold prediction here, I don't think the next CEO is going to stay 20 years. Mm. Um, and, and nor do I necessarily think that that, that we should strive for that. Mm. So is this going to be a leader who develops a good team and good leaders and creates a, uh, um, uh, you know, essentially resilience of the organization. Hmm. They certainly have to be a good public face and a good ambassador, but they don't need to be the only ambassador. And I think that's something that Howard has done a nice job over the past couple of years is, is not feeling like he's got to be everywhere, mm-hmm. but instead saying, you know, I got a leadership team who maybe can be in the room rather than me. And, and they have my endorsement, but I don't have to be there. Right. So those are some of the things that, that I would say are good. One of his greatest strengths yeah. is empowering the team to yeah. shine yeah. In, in their own light. The, the person needs to have a vision and a point of view, mm-hmm. but also needs to have a healthy respect for the core of this organization. Mm. You know, I'm not a huge fan of people who i am probably given up like tips for the interviews. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of people who come in and immediately spout off about all the things they think need to be done. Mm. I like people who come in and ask lots of really good questions and are curious and then apply their point of view to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because this is, you know, this organization has been extremely successful. Many of the things that made it successful are going to make it successful in the future, but not all of them. Mm -hmm. We've got to be okay disrupting ourselves. We've got to be okay asking the hard questions, Mm -hmm. but we certainly don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. I don't know if that's helpful, but those are, those are, those are some of the attributes we're looking for. Talk to us about, so in June, um, the executive search firm that was hired to manage this process, Mm -hmm. Cohen Taylor, Mm -hmm. um, publicly posted the job position. Um, so tell us about where we are in the process, like, you know, is there a window application when interviews like what do you, what's the perfect timeline that you um that you envision for where we are today and where we're going yeah the perfect timeline is we have this person named by the end of the year mm-hmm. so that we can um go into pheasant fest celebrating howard and also introducing the new ceo because there's a crossover period so we're working backward here we're talking mm-hmm. about her yep. yeah there's going to be a crossover tr- a transition period and howard's been fantastic about helping us lay that out and 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 we want a period of time when when the two people are in the in the office together back from that the board will you know the the board will vote on a final candidate back from that the board will be introduced to a couple of options um, back from that, we have to do the interview process. Back from that is vetting a big pool of candidates. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I felt like I just did the movie Memento here. Um, <laughs> but but we're, we're fielding candidates through the summer and into early fall. Mm-hmm. Cohen Taylor will help us narrow those candidates down to a smaller list based on the criteria we've established. Because, hey, guys, we're going to have tons, tons of good candidates here. Mm-hmm. It's a, This is one of the best positions in conservation, mm-hmm. best leadership positions in conservation, internal candidates and external candidates. They're going to help us narrow it down to a smaller list. A special committee of the board, a search committee of the board will review that list and narrow it down smaller. Mm-hmm. We'll make then a recommendation that a few of those will present to the full board. The full board will get exposure to probably between two or three candidates. Okay, so two or three candidates will 
pre- and like make a presentation. presentation to the full board. The board will provide its feedback on that mm-hmm. to the to the search committee. Mm-hmm. The search committee will then make a recommendation on the top candidate. Okay. And the board will the board will then vote on that top candidate, and we will begin negotiation and hope it'll, hopefully make an offer. Right. Um, so the board will look at multiple candidates, but. 15-person board being the search committee would not be right. uh, very efficient and, and very effective. And by the way, that's why we have the search consultant. Um, if someone might say, well, why do you have to have an outside consultant for this? Mm-hmm. Outside consultant actually does a couple of things. One, remember, we're going to have lots and lots of candidates for this. Um, and we haven't done this in 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do it all the time. So they know the process. Number two, the process here is extremely important. Mm-hmm. If we have 100 candidates, 99 of them are going to be disappointed. Right. That's no. an important <clears throat> point to underline. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we, there's one position. Yeah. And there's a tremendous, uh, likely, right, tremendous number of candidates that will be from partner agencies, partner corporations, internal employees, right. like huge slew of people that are critical to the success of yeah. the future of this organization, even if they don't yeah. get the top job. They're all our friends. We have 100 friends. We all have 100 friends, maybe not all friends, but 100 friends applying for this job. 99 of them are going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. So we need to make sure the process is clear and well-followed because because we want to make sure everybody gets a reasonable shot at it mm-hmm. and that we can at the end say, you know what, we treated everybody well along the way. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what the search consultant helps us do because, like I said, they've done it many, many, many times before. Mm-hmm. And the last thing is just pure practical. This is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we... We You're at the president board, of another yeah, we, company. We, this we is the, a volunteer. Yeah, we at the board. And it's not just me. Our whole mm-hmm. search committee, we right. all have day jobs. Right. And we all have day jobs that are not searching for a new CEO. So the search consultant working with um, HR, with Sarah Mills and HR, mm-hmm. and with, with the search committee is responsible for ma- taking some of that burden off. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm really, I, I'm very confident with the process that we have in place. Yeah. Another criticism that could be opened up to, to address head on is, well, why are we hiring a search committee when we have, you know, there's this great management team and, and tremendous employees. Can't we just hire from within? You, you've kind of answered that, but I just yeah. So let's talk about that, that because oh. you know any well-run organization with a strong leadership team is going to have internal candidates, and I would expect there to be internal candidates here, and that's that's great. That's absolutely great. Uh, we have a 420-person organization Employees, here, right? Yep. Um, and so we're going to have a certain number of of internal candidates for that. Well, how many people are? How many? Potential peep candidates are there in the outdoors community? It could be four thousand, and then forty thousand, yeah. and then you take up on that. You know, maybe people who are sort of in peripheral to the outdoors community. It could be four hundred thousand. Right. It would be irresponsible of the board to say we're only going to look at internal candidates mm-hmm. uh, because our job is to look out for the future of the organization and to think about who the best person is to lead the future of the organization. Could that eventually be an internal candidate? Quite possibly. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not the right thing for us not to look externally. Mm-hmm. Likewise, if for some reason we end up 
with the internal or an external candidate as the best candidate, that's not a reflection that the internal candidates weren't worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and by the way, the reverse is true. If we go through this process and hire an internal candidate, someone might throw up their hands and say, well, why did you even bother going through the process? It's our job to go through that process. And that doesn't mean the external candidates weren't worthy. It means that at the end of the day, we decided that this was the best approach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to, to, to those who aren't directly involved in it, it could feel a little like Kabuki theater, you know, where, you know, the end of the movie, but you, know, you have to watch it all happen anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's why we have to have both internal and external candidates, why we follow the mm-hmm. process. And it's all about what's best for the organization. Right. And I think that's another important point that our members should feel particularly proud about. You know, they send us in $35 or if you're Perina and corporate partner, we go through this process to hire the best of the best to lead this organization, not just to make the organization better, but to deliver the mission, why we exist. Now, the better the organization is, the more we can deliver the mission. So they go hand in hand. The organization deserves it and conservation deserves it. Mm-hmm. We don't want someone in this role. We got a lot of work to do here. Mm-hmm. We have a, there's a big uphill battle in the outdoors yeah. and, and we can't afford to phone it in on this. Mm-hmm. We owe it to ourselves and owe it to our members, owe it to the staff to find the best possible candidate because we're, we're, you know, I don't, I don't want to say fighting, but I guess we are. We're advocating for something that is very special, that is at risk literally every day. Mm-hmm. It's our job to make sure we got the best person in the role. So if folks are listening and they're like, I'm, I'm inspired, I'm ambitious, I got some qualifications that uh, make me a candidate, how do you want people to throw their hat in the ring? How, what's the process? Well, uh, you know, you, you, the job description is actually on the website. Yep. Right. I, so go pheasantsforever.org, quailforever.org, um, at the very bottom under careers. Mm-hmm. Click on that and there's to, a link. There's a link. And there's a very, very comprehensive position description. Mm-hmm. By the way, not a bad idea to read it anyway because you'll learn something about the organization. Right. Um, it's actually a pretty cool overview of the organization as well, right? Because we have to, help people understand what it is. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Map map your experiences against that. And if your experiences fit that, there's inf- instructions in there on submitting the application to the search consultant. They will make sure that it gets received and, and, and considered. Mm-hmm. That's the best possible way to do it. Don't call me because you, know, <laughs> you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to say thanks for, thanks for that. Here's the website. <laughs> yeah. So maybe repeat the website again. Uh, pheasantsforever.org, quailforever.org. Go to the very bottom the footer of the websites. And I can't remember if it, the liner is careers or employment, but click on that and it'll take you to um, two clicks. You'll get to ADP um, and there, the job description will be there. President and CEO is the, um, the click you want to go on. And as you say, there's a what, four page job description about the organization and um, the responsibilities of the president and CEO. Yeah. And you know, there's something probably worth noting here and that's, um, whenever there's a look for a new leader for an organization, the question always pops up. Am I coming into a, am I coming into a rescue mission here? Am I coming into something that's high functioning and you want me to be a caretaker? You know, what, what exactly am I walking into? Mm. Part of the reason that this is a, 
a, a, an incredibly attractive opportunity is because it's one, one of the best best organizations in the outdoors and I'm biased, but I know I'm not the only one who's biased. And so it's going to be a very, very attractive job to anybody who's built a career in the outdoors. But the second is the organization is running really, really well. You know, I get lots of questions. Oh man, how did you all do through COVID? Mm -hmm. And we grew by uh, almost 10%. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and a lot of, a lot of organizations did not, but this organization showed a lot of resiliency, a lot of creativity, a lot of, a lot of perseverance and is in a very strong place mm -hmm. that makes it really, really attractive. Does that mean that we want someone to come in, take the wheel and just kind of hold the car down the middle of the road? Absolutely not. But it's also not walking into a rescue mission or a rebuild. Mm -hmm. So that makes this a very, uh, very attractive position as well. Yeah. What haven't we covered that you think is important um, to, to mention at this point? I don't think we've, I, I think we've covered a lot of ground and, and, mm -hmm. and um, I think that we ought to just be maybe be really, really succinct about, about three things. Um, uh, one is that we're hiring the, uh, Howard, Howard Vincent has given this organization a 20 year gift um, and it's transformed tremendously under his leadership. As 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 fantastic and as as remarkable as that that is, we are hiring the next leader for Pheasants Forever. We're not hiring the next Howard Vincent. That's number one. Mm. Number two, we're going to have a lot of really really qualified candidates, and um, we're going to have to choose one mm. out of those qualified candidates. We're going to follow a very clean, well-prescribed process to get to that one candidate. And, and when we find that candidate, those other people who apply should not feel that they're any less worthy because of it. Mm. Um, we need lots and lots and lots of hands in the outdoors. There's only one position available. And the third is that who, whomever is fortunate enough to be in this position is going to walk into an organization that is in a very, very good place. Yeah. And, 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 um, their job is to make it even better and to continue to help grow the influence and, and contribution that the organization makes in the outdoors. Yeah. Well said. And thank you. It, it, you know, you mentioned there's 15 members of the national board of directors. It's, it probably isn't really understood how much time that, uh, the board brings it, it entirely volunteers and there is a weight of responsibility there that uh, is due thanks from you know the 400 plus employees and and all the members that send in those donations the membership dollars the corporations that send in sponsorship to to have faith in uh, an organization built around a volunteer spirit that cares so passionately about the the uplands well i appreciate that but the uh, the volunteer spirit on on the board uh, it comes directly from the volunteer spirit of, of members and chapter leaders, and it comes from volunteer spirit of, of employees as well. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the 420 employees at this organization are not here because they're trying to be multimillionaires. Mm -hmm. They're here because they have a passion for the outdoors. And, and they, too, deserve a great leader. Mm -hmm. And whether that candidate is internal or external, that's that's very heavy on our mind. And, you know, Hey, by the way, internal, I, you know, I know, I, I, you know, I know that there will be internal candidates. I think you've, you've decided you're not going to, to, to put your name in. And I understand why. And I, I, I respect you for that. And, and that's a, you're a good example of how you can have passion for this, for this mm -hmm. uh, job and passion for this organization without necessarily 
wanting to be in the singular CEO role. I want to be creative still. I want to, you know, I want to podcast. I want to write. I don't know any CEOs that uh, get the opportunity to do that. I'm just looking for you to use an analogy that's not a Detroit sports team. (laughs) (laughs) You get what you get, Matt. (laughs) Or name a dog that's not related to something related. No, in all seriousness, uh, 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 next leader leader for the organization, lots of great candidates. We're going to follow a a, a great process, and and we we thank you to everybody who applies for this. Um, And just... Really, really excited about this being a great place for for whoever this next leader is going to be. Yeah. Thank you. You, Thank you, Bob. All right, folks. There you go. That's the the plan for the path ahead. Um, In the meantime, we got our eye on the ball, our habitat mission in full force and right around or right over the horizon is bird hunting season it's not far off now hope you're making plans on your calendar to get out and enjoy the fruits of all of our labors as the upland habitat conservation organization i'm bob st pierre thanking you for listening and reminding you always follow the dog something good will rise thanks everybody